happy Mother's Day to all of our beautiful ladies. All right. I'm going to have my mama come up here with me. I love my mama. Don't you adore this woman? How many of you are so blessed whenever she opens her mouth? I know. How many have been deeply impacted by the love that she walks in? My mom is the greatest encourager known to man, and she's amazing. She's a mom to many. I get to call her mama, praise the Lord, but there are many people that have felt that way as well, and I just love and adore my mama. And she's just got a little word of encouragement for everyone. Why, yes, she does. Go ahead, Mom. I'm on. Everyone to know that you are here for a very, very special day. I used to kind of like dread Mother's Day because I don't like anybody to feel left out. So if you're not a mom, you're going to get celebrated today because... Um, I spent many, many years not being a mom, and so it's always like, I always think, oh, I don't even wish we didn't have to have Mother's Father's Day, you know, because I don't like people to feel hurt or left out. So you're covered today. You're in a safe place. Um, also, Arlette printed out these amazing uh, little sayings that are actually their scripture, and I think that if anybody wants them, she has left and probably we can get more, but it's so good. It says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so uh, these are going to be up here. So if you want to take them home, they say that it's good to say this every day in your home. And one thing I just, another thing I would like you to say out loud is I was born for such a time as this. I was born for such a time as this. And I've been feeling, you know, I can't hardly stand to listen to any kind of bad news, but there is a lot of really evil things happening, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we got the opportunity to love on some very, very hurt people this week. And I was even reminded more how Jesus loves them so much. And um, I'm just so proud of Misty for leading such a powerful day, National Day of Prayer. And I'm so proud of you guys. Our church had the biggest showing of the whole day. I mean, I was just like, Bev and Tim, you guys stand up. You were amazing. Anybody that was, okay. I mean, it was amazing what God did in those hours in front of the Capitol building. And I got the coolest picture of Kiki kneeling on the Capitol steps. And, oh, man, it just touched my heart. And then I get another picture of him. There was a cop car over there, and Kiki's laying his hands, praying over that cop car. And I thought, Jesus, what a turnaround. What a turnaround. 
And I feel like that Valley Church is about ready to head into the biggest revival we've ever had. We are hungry for the Holy Spirit. The fire of God is going to hit this house. It's going to hit your homes. And I just think you should expect it. Just start saying, Jesus, I want the fire of the Holy Spirit. I want it on my children. I want it on my grandchildren. I want it on my great-grandchildren. I thank you, Jesus, that no weapon formed against these beautiful, amazing people is going to prosper. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us supernatural strength. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Today is a good day to be alive. And you're going to be blessed by the women that are going to speak today. And I just want to say, clean your homes. Make sure that the enemy does not get planted in your house, on your kids' iPads, on your kids' telephones. I mean, watch your house more than ever. I go through my house, and if I feel something yucky, I just dump it and get rid of it now. I'm not lying. It's just the enemy's out to get her children, and we're not going to let it happen. We're not going to let it happen. Amen, amen. Oh, yes, you can sit down, Mom. Thank you. She goes, can I sit down? Good job. All right. You guys, we have got some of the most amazing women lined up to share with you today. I am very thrilled to and just honored to get to announce these women. Um, we have four different ladies that are going to be sharing, and they all have the most beautiful testimonies, and you're going to be deeply blessed. Everyone will be impacted. And so first, I want to welcome up Priscilla. She's going to come up here first to share. We love and adore you, Priscilla. You look beautiful. So she's going to share. I asked all of our different ladies to come and to share. There, All these different mamas have such beautiful stories and testimonies. So I asked Priscilla to share a little bit of her testimony. And so get ready. You're going to be blessed by this wonderful woman. Um, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Renee and Pastor Lynn and Pastor Christy for this opportunity. And happy Mother's Day to all the mama bears. Um, I, I just want to share my testimony. So I was 15 years old when I um, got pregnant. Gosh, I told myself, don't cry. But this testimony is really um, dear to my heart. And happy birthday, happy Mother's Day to my mom. Happy birthday. <laughs> Sorry, happy Mother's Day to my mom also. I want to say, I don't know if she's here, but um, I was 15 years old when I got pregnant and I had my daughter at 16. And, you know, people think that being a mom is, you know, you automatically like, you know, you love on your kids and, you know, you treat them right and you do good for them. But the reality is, is that some moms only know how to show love by yelling you know or by abuse or by 
you know, bad-mouthing your children or, you know, just different. There's different things. Like, some moms don't know how to love, and I was that mom. Like, it's easy to love your babies when they're little, when they're just, you know, when they're kids and they're babies. It's easy to love them, but... As they get older, when they're like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, that's when, you know, the struggle is real. And that's where it really kicks in, like, you know, how do I love them? Like, how do I do this? You know, you don't know how to do it. And as a young mom, like, in my heart, I knew I was ready, but I didn't know how to love. And so... You know, I was that mom that, you know, would push my daughter away, like, and my son, even my my 10-year-old son, like, I didn't know how to love them. Like I said, I knew that, you know, I, I loved them, but I didn't know how to show it. Like, my love was just being there, you know, and it wasn't, like, true affection, like, hugging and kissing and telling them I love them and, you know, spending time with them and doing quality things with them, like, it was just having them there, but not really connecting with them, and so, um, I didn't, you know, I, I had my, I had my daughter, and, you know, I had a little struggle with her, and then I had my son, and I was still had to struggle with him, and, um, it was really tough for me, it was hard for me, because, you know, those are our kids, and they're supposed to trust us, and they're supposed to, you know, feel safe with us, and I was not an abusive mom, I wasn't the worst mom, but I also wasn't the best mom, but now I can say that the Lord has completely changed my heart, and I now know how to love on my children like I've never known how to do before, and that's something that God did, because in the beginning, it was just yelling, and you know, like I said, all those things, now my three-year-old, his name is Rain, he, if he could be on a backpack on me all day long, he would, and he pretty much is. If you ever see me, he's right next to me, and he just, he, he comes to me, and all of my kids, even my daughter, now she can come to me, and she can lay on my lap, and she can ask me to scratch her head, and she can ask me to scratch her arm, you know, and that to me means the world. Like, if there is a any type of prize or race that I'm winning, or if there's anything that I desire in this life, it's to be a good mom and for my children to know that I love them and to lead them to the Lord. They all know that when I die, my biggest goal and my biggest, um, what's the word? What I fight for daily is for them to know that Jesus died on the cross for them and that Jesus loves them. Because when I'm not around, I know that he will be. And that is my biggest thing. I'm a big mama bear, not like where if the school calls me and says, you know, Priscilla, you know, your son was misbehaving in the bathroom, not where I'm going to say, oh, no, my son's perfect. He don't do that. No, I take, make them take responsibility. There is discipline in my home. But when I, what I mean when I say I'm a mama bear is my kids don't leave my house without being covered in the blood of Jesus, and they don't go to bed without being covered in the blood of Jesus. Like, I am a mama bear like that. I keep my kids covered in prayer. I keep them protected every single day. There's never a day that I'm not praying for them and covering them because I know what the world wants to throw at them. 
but that that's not going to happen not under my not under my watch like i love my babies and you know my testimony it's really um sensitive to my heart and when Chris, christy asked me i was like um i was nervous and i wanted to write something out and i wanted to I had all these things going through my mind. Maybe I could do a little skit for 10 minutes, you know, call on my kids up here and <laughs> just add a bunch of stuff. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go up there and share my heart. Like, whatever the Lord wants me to share is going to come out. And I just want to say, like, to all of you moms out there, like, there is not a perfect mom and there is not a perfect child. And I feel like all a kid wants is to be loved by their parents. And even sometimes just holding them is enough. Like when they're crying, you know, just holding them, just that touch. I feel like a, a child needs that touch from a, a mom or just a person in general. But a mom's love and a mom's touch is so special to her children. And I just want to encourage you moms, like there are hard days, you know, but just don't, don't stop trying. Don't give up because me changing and God working in my heart wasn't just because it happened. It's what I wanted. My desire was to be a better mom. My desire was to know how to love my kids. My desire was to, you know, sit with my daughter and be able to hug her and love on her and show her that she's my best friend and she's my daughter. So we can have a healthy relationship where I discipline you, but I also hear you. And she respects me. And having her up here with me at the altar was is the biggest and best Mother's Day gift that I could ever ask for. And I know that, you know, one day I'm going to see her worshiping in the presence of the Lord. I don't doubt it. I do not have not one shadow of a doubt in my mind that she will not be serving God wholeheartedly one day. And I just thank the Lord for that. And I'm just so grateful this morning. And I, my daughter, <laughs> she's so sweet. Me and her have a good relationship. And she makes every day feel like Mother's Day to me. Every day she's sending me text messages. Every day she's telling me how great of a mom I am. And that means so much to me, you know, because like I said in the beginning, it wasn't easy. I was a kid and she was my baby. And you know, she went through the hardest times. I got saved when I was 20, and so she went through the hardest times. But for her to go through the hardest times and to have such that respect and love for me, it just, it brings me to tears, and I thank the Lord because he's so faithful, and he heard my cries. He's seen my tears, and there was nights where, you know, I didn't know what to do or what to say, but he came through so faithfully for me, and I'm so grateful for him, and I just want to encourage you mamas, like, don't give up. Keep trying, you know, keep pushing. Even when you feel like you don't want to do it, do it. Because the reality is, is that not every mom knows how to love. But if you want to love, you're going to learn. And you're going to do it right. And I'm grateful. And I just thank you guys so much. <laughs> Didn't she do amazing? It's just so beautiful to hear different testimonies. There's reality that, well, first of all, she chose life. Praise Jesus. And then you go through things you don't know, but the heart position of, I want to love. You may, some people, not everyone has a good example of what it was like to love your babies or what it was like to be loved. But her heart position, what we talked about this is, I want to love. I genuinely want to love my babies. I don't know how yet. Jesus helped me. And she talked about 
She shared before, even when she got saved, that all of a sudden it was this change of, I love my baby so much. Like this mother's love came over her. And so Priscilla, thank you for sharing your testimony. We love and adore you. Yes. All right, next is one of my dear, dear, dear friends. I love and adore this woman. She's amazing in every way. She's a precious friend. She's an incredible mama. And I, I just can't say enough wonderful things about her. And it is my honor and privilege to welcome up my friend, Tabitha Forrest, to come and share with you today. Hello? Oh, there we go. Hi. So I wrote some notes because, um, like Priscilla, I think all moms have a pretty emotional story we could share with all of you. If we all sat around and talked about our life as moms, we'd all start crying. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's uh, an honor and um, I'm really excited to share my family and my story. So, um, first of all, I have to introduce my family because they're amazing. My son, Austin, he's here. Raise your hand, Austin. <laughs> he's 21, almost 22. And my other son, Dylan, he's actually in South Africa with, uh, right now with YWAM. So he's not here. And then I have twin boys, Mason and Andrew. And they're 11. And my daughter, Rosalind, <laughs> is seven. And she's a pure joy. And my awesome husband, who wouldn't be possible to be this mom without him. So, um, so my journey into motherhood started with my husband and Austin and Dylan. I married him, and Austin and Dylan were um, five and seven when we got married. When I met him, they were four and six, or just had turned seven. Um, I always hated the term stepmom. I still hate it. I, um, God doesn't use stepmom, stepchildren. They, they're my children. They're my sons, and I've always introduced them as such, and I will always uh, introduce them as such. But when I met them, they, um, they, were, they, were, they were broke. They were hurt. Their little hearts were hurt. Um, and I walked into a situation that, they, um, that God spoke to me and said, you just need to, to be the best example of a mom that you can be. And um, I took that very seriously. <clears throat> I um, had this burden that we would go to church and I would just sob and sob and my prayer language would just come and all I could see was their face, their faces. And um, that lasted for many years. And there were a lot of challenges. And it was 
but it was the best. It was, it was amazing, and I wouldn't ever change it for a minute. Um, the moment that I became their, their mom, their other mom, I was given this spark. My heart came alive, and it was a fire, and it was a, it was a fire that was straight from, from heaven. Um, it was a mother's fire, and um, God gave me my calling at that moment. So when Austin and Dylan came into my life, God also revealed to me my true calling, which was to be this fire of a mother <laughs> and to never let anyone uh, influence or um, come into my children's life that would harm them or hurt them. I was called to, to be home with my children. Um, I still worked. I'm a registered nurse, and so I did work part-time, but um, I was called to focus 100% on my children. Nothing else mattered. I didn't care about my job, to be honest. I, 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 if my kids were sick, I didn't care how many absences I had, I would be home with my children. Mother Teresa summed it up perfectly for me when she said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. That's exactly what I did. I tried my best to show my boys, Austin and Dylan, that I would always be there. I would always love them, no matter what. I would always support them. I would always love their father. And I would listen to them and intercede for them. So fast forward a few years, and I became pregnant with twins. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was awesome, actually. It was the best experience ever. My husband and I were in the ultrasound room, and we both knew it, but no one said it. And uh, we both started sobbing when it was uh, confirmed that, wow, we were going to have twins. So Austin, or, uh, Mason and Andrew showed up. So we had four boys um, in our house, and my husband was a wrestling coach. And... Um, there's a lot of boys mixed in with all the friends that would come over too. So a house full of boys. <clears throat> but those boys, my twins, Mason and Andrew, words cannot express what that did to my, to my mother's heart and the fire in my heart. I thought I had fire then, but when those boys were born, mm, to this day, that fire rages and it's fierce. And I will... Um, I will, again, never allow anything of this world, no matter what the devil wants to try to throw at us to destroy our children, they will never, ever get past me. <clears throat> God was really good to me. Esther 4.14, it seems to be a theme that I was born for such a time as this to be this mother, and my children were born for such a time as this. I'm a missionary mom, and that's kind of been the title of this speech. I'm a missionary mom. My, mom. my mission has been to be the, the mom to my children so that they can now then go out and be missionaries to their own families and around the world. So last but not least, Rosalind was born <laughs> with a house full of boys. My dog was even a boy at the time. <laughs> We had Rose, and man, she's the joy of all of our life. She's the bright singing star. She's the baby sister. 
And she put in that perfect balance. Her, her little self was able to balance those four boys <clears throat> very well. So being a mission-filled mom does not mean that my, my family um, doesn't mean that my family needed saving necessarily. or that they were lacking. It was a calling. It was a calling to love well, a calling to instruct their hearts, not their, just their behaviors. It was a calling to be present, a calling to give them Jesus. We're living in a time where the enemy is brazen in his attacks and has moved on to destroy the very definition of mother and father, boy, girl, son, and daughter. We have to stop that attack. We must be a one to call, uh, answer the call to our children to talk to them about love, growing up, sex, politics. Be open with your kids. The world will be. They are getting it from all, even the best protected home, these kids are still being bombarded. You must protect them. Instead of raising children who turn out okay despite their childhood, let's raise children who turn out extraordinary because of their childhood. Raise them to be unafraid to speak truth and become their own missionary moms and dads. Being a mama is hard. It's a sprint and a marathon in one. We, <laughs> we've all, some of us have, have experienced unspeakable loss and joy. But Jesus was there for all of it, and he gave you your precious children, and you are the perfect mom for them. She makes me cry because she's a really wonderful woman. <laughs> she lives it out. It's fun when you get to hear someone share and that we've had the conversations and this woman lives it out. And it's beautiful to hear a call to action from someone who has walked it out daily. So I, I love and I honor you, friend. I'm going to have all these ladies come up at the end as well. And they're going to pray for you, and I would want them to pray for you if I were you. All right, next, I get the privilege of welcoming up the wonderful, the powerhouse Kelsey Nelson. You guys. Oh, yeah, girl. Oh, yeah. This is someone who is brave and very tender as well. And I, it's going to be an incredible privilege. Give the, the incredible privilege of getting to hear her testimony and of just the amazing, radiant woman that she is. So just get ready. You're about to be very blessed. Well, during worship, I was trying to be strong, and then I felt the Holy Spirit say, it's okay to be weak. And then I just felt 
peace. So if it's okay with you, I will probably be weak at times. Um, I'm very honored and I'm humbled to share my story with you. At 16, I became a mother. And unfortunately, I allowed myself to believe some lies. And that was that my baby was just a blob of tissue. And that I was then not a mother, because you can't be a mother to a blob of tissue. So I believed a couple lies, and I had an abortion. Though I wasn't saved or at all spiritual, I felt this darkness and heaviness almost immediately because now I see abortion is basically a blood sacrifice. And uh, anyway, so it it scared me what I was feeling. So when I got home, I found a Bible and I did a topic search and alphabetically listed abortion is the very first word in the topic search. And I just remember staring at the word forever in the Bible. I finally was able to read some of the verses, and that's when I was able to see that it was not a blob of tissue that I had. It was a life that God had made, and he made it very detailed and exactly as he wanted it, and that I was a mother, and that is the decision that I made as a mother. And so shame immediately sank in. And I wish I would have kept reading the Bible because there's so much hope. (laughs) But I closed it. Just I couldn't read anymore. I closed it for three years. And I fell into a really deep depression for a while. Um, Eventually I made the wrong friends and continued more bad choices. And I was like a dog returning to its vomit. Until that day, a very happy, happy day is when it gets good. (laughs) I was at a sorority. I was in a sorority at the University of Idaho, and I think it's funny because the University of Idaho brags that they're like the biggest, one of the biggest party schools in in the Pacific Northwest. And God was like, that is the perfect place for salvation. (laughs) So I remember just hope rise, like the need for hope kept rising up in me, and just that lifestyle is so empty. And so eventually I stopped going out with my friends, and on the weekends, the girls, 70 of them, would flood out of the sorority, and I would stay, and I would go get the Bible that my mom gave me, and the flashlight, and I'd go up to the creepy sleeping porch all by myself, and I would hear the fraternity music blasting, and I would be reading, looking for hope. And honestly, I, I didn't understand really a lot of what I was reading, but I knew I was seeking, and those who seek find. And I did find my hope, and I found my gospel. I call it my gospel, and it was in Luke 7.36. And to save time, I'm not going to read it. But, um, oh, read it? Okay, please, well. Oh, it's right behind me. Okay, oh, yes. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat. We're talking about Jesus. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, I'm getting it now, now I'm understanding, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. She stood at his feet behind him, probably with shame, I assume, I understood her, and she was weeping and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair, 
of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he really were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. I am literally on the edge of my seat reading this, going, What is Jesus going to say? I have no idea, because I didn't think she belonged there either. And Jesus answered to him and said, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. I get it. I'm the one with 500 denarii. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman. He basically, I, just, I don't want to take too long, but he he blessed her for what she had done, and because she had been forgiven so much, she loved so much. And it was at that moment, in that creepy sleeping porch by myself, I realized that my sin didn't need to keep me away from my Savior. It could be the very thing that propelled me to him. And so I, <laughs> I said, uh, my little salvation prayer went something like, God, I have a lot of sin and a lot of debt. If you forgive it, it's big, but I'll love you big for the rest of my life. And so my life completely changed that night. Um, fast forward seven years down the road, I was on fire for Jesus. I was devouring the word of God. I had taped up scriptures all over my room. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit not once, but twice just to make sure. <laughs> um, I really encountered a supernatural God but I still had a hook in me from the shame of that abortion. So there was a retreat that uh, I was able to go to. It was for women who had lost a baby through abortion, and I knew I needed to go. It was here that I told God I really wanted to hear his voice, and I did. When we were praying silently for, to, to name the baby so we could grieve over our baby, I was closing my eyes, and I got a big construction sign in front of me that said TWO. And I said, that is a horrible name. <laughs> and then it wouldn't move, and I realized what was happening. And I said, no, Lord. And he said, yes. And I said, okay. And then I got another construction sign, and it said twins. And I said, no. And he said, yes. And then I had a memory from seven years prior in the abortion room, and I never even thought about it. But I mean, it was so clear. I remembered moving my head. I remember looking at my hand. Then I remember whispering and something the abortionist had said that gave hint to that there was more than one. So um, I knew immediately that I had girls, which if you know my family, that's actually pretty spot on. <laughs> and and I named them Grace and Mercy. And if it's okay, I'd like to honor them. Grace and Mercy. Sorry. Grace and Mercy would be 24 years old today. And they had unique personalities. And they had a feel to the touch of their skin and a special color to their eyes. And they had a calling of God on their lives. And though I stole that from them, God did not. And I do believe that I will see them in heaven. And I honor them today as the very ones that led me to Jesus. 
because it was the weight of their value and the burden of what I had done to them as their mother that made me desperate for a savior. So yes, it is in faith that I, that I name them and acknowledge them. And I don't know if you've ever doubted a word of God that you've been given, but um, I didn't doubt for 20 years. And then like five years ago, I started doubting like, Lord, I don't know. I don't even have twins that run in the family. That's like supposed to run in the family. Maybe that was me and not you. Well, when we have no faith, God remains faithful. I was at an OBGYN appointment with my last born about four years ago, and I usually acknowledge them in every paper or form, like I had this many pregnancies, and, but I didn't this time. It's the first time I didn't acknowledge them since being healed, probably because I was going through doubt. And this is amazing. So anyways, the doctor was amazing, and she was telling me all these cool things about myself that I'd never known. And then she stopped, and she looked at me, and she said, how many twins do you have, by the way? And I almost couldn't reply. I said, I was thinking, why would she ask me that? I said, I don't have any. And she said, that is unbelievable, because the way your body works, and da, 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 you should have some twins. <laughs> so... I will not doubt again. We are his sheep, and we do hear his voice. Um, I'd like to end by reading Isaiah 61. I know as moms, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And when we fail, we can shame ourselves. And I do know that there's women in here and men also who have had an abortion or participated in one. Or there's people in here who deal with shame. And I just want to say shame off of you by the blood of Jesus. Um, it's not about us as moms or any. It's not about us. It's about him and how he loves to redeem. And when we deserve punishment, he gives us favor. <laughs> um, anyways, I'd like to read. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And to all who mourn, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. He will give joy instead of mourning and praise instead of despair. And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks. And then down in verse 7, instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion, and everlasting joy will be yours. Can my girls come up here quickly, just in case you need any more proof that God really means it? <laughs> when you deserve punishment... He, <laughs> I want, <laughs> thank you. So I was nervous to tell my testimony to them because I was afraid like any mom would be that a teenager would cling to the wrong part of your story. But I talked to Christy, and she really helped me, and they got purity rings. But I want to introduce you to, so this is Ellie Grace, after Grace. She just found out about her middle name. Lucy Mae Mercy, 
and then, so they are my beauty from ashes. And then I got a double portion. Literally, guys, this is a double portion. I got, and then we do have a cherry on top in the two to three-year-old room. But I got Daphne Faith and Naomi Joy. Jesse Love is in the preschool room. So, um, yes, these are my girls. So I'll pray to break shame off of you. Father, I just think you guys should put your hands out. I don't know, just posture yourselves to, to really receive. Father, you are so good to us. Oh, stand? Okay. Stand and hands out. <laughs> Would you be near to us, Father? Thank you for being near to us. It's never about us, Father, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the reminder that it's always about you and that you are a Father who enjoys redeeming us. I just break off shame in this house by the blood of Jesus. And in its place, we speak favor from heaven and a double portion. And where there's ashes, there will be joy. And where there's mourning, there will be praise. And we bless you for that, Father, that it is an upside-down kingdom, the way you work. And we just lean into you, and we trust you, and we will not pick up that shame again. Instead, we will look for our double portion because it's there. And we will pay attention to that, Father. We bless your name, and we thank you for the mysterious and beautiful way that you work. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, girls. Can we just give it up for this woman again? Not just to continue, she actually works with a ministry. It's called Love Life. And they help girls who have had unplanned pregnancies. And it is it's just the greatest honor to hang out with, like I said, just these giants, these giant women of faith who, who walk it out. And they walk it out with this humility that is the most beautiful thing. And Kelsey, I'm so thankful that you shared here. And I cannot wait to see all the different areas that you're going to be able to share of the goodness of God, of his redemptive plan. And I just speak his favor over you right now in Jesus' name. I just thank you, Lord, for that she was so made for such a time as this. I thank you for this testimony. And we say, do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again, Lord. I thank you that there will be shame that is broken off of every person. I thank you for favor to be able to share this testimony in, in very unexpected places, God. I just, I just pray for favor to share this testimony in high places in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we're so blessed with the people we have in our church. I'm just saying, if you, like, here's something I highly encourage you to do, is to go to lunch with people. You know, ask people, would you like to go out? Because there are so many beautiful testimonies and stories that we need. 
We need each other. And when you hear something like that, oh, we're just so blessed. And now our final heavy hitter here is my precious, amazing, anointed Aunt Betty, who she's, yeah, she's amazing. You know her, you love her. She is the greatest example of being a mother to the motherless. She's someone who challenges me every time I talk to her about walking in love and compassion, and she loves the least. And just be ready to be blessed by her. So here's my amazing Aunt Betty. Thank you, Christy Lynn. Thank you, everybody, for the privilege of being here. What powerful, powerful messages we've had already today. Wow. And um, I wanted to share with you a few minutes about the gifts that God gives us. You know, the Bible talks a lot about the gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. And when you think of your own children, how exciting it was to choose a gift for them for their birthday or Christmas you wanted something that they would love and be excited about. And I think when our Heavenly Father was creating us in the very beginning, it wasn't a random thing, well, I'll give this one that. I believe that he thought about it. He says, I want to give them something they'll be passionate about, something that they will be excited and be able to share with confidence and blessing. And for my gift, he gave me a mother's love as he's given these beautiful girls that have shared. And I wanted to just share a couple of instances of how God blessed in the gift that he gave me. Um, in the beginning, God gave me the blessing of bringing two sons into this world. I loved being their mother. The most powerful emotion that I ever experienced was when in the delivery room when the doctor laid the babies across my tummy and I was able to feel them. This emotion, like, oh God, this is a living being that you've given me to raise and love for you. I loved holding them, rocking them, singing them the songs of Jesus and telling them the powerful Bible stories that would give them courage and blessing when, when they needed it. And I loved it when they would call me mommy. Isn't that the sweetest word when they come, mama, mommy? That's the most precious thing to hear. But later on, I learned that all little boys and girls don't have that privilege of being loved, rocked, held, and sharing the love of Jesus from the mama. And one day, this mother's heart was baptized by fire. And I want to share that story with you. It was the first Sunday in January, 1981. Now, that really did happen. It's a long time ago, but it, it happened to me. When, it was when I did my first concert at the Boise Prison. There had been a lockdown for six months because it was the aftermath of a terrible riot. And the men 
were destroying themselves because they hadn't been able to be out and they had knives and, and fists, anything that would inflict injury on their peers, they had used it. But the director of religious services called me and he said, Betty, is there any way, if there are no incidents of violence in this week, would you be the first one to visit to these men, these angry men? I said, sure. <laughs> and hung up the phone and I thought, oh Lord, what have I done? <laughs> Well, the men filed in with casts and bandages. They were staring at the floor. When I stepped up to the microphone, I surveyed my crowd. 200 men. Well, they called them men, but the average age of the inmate that day was between 21 and 23. And to me, well, I was silent as I looked at them, but I saw broken, confused, wounded little boys that needed a mother to share the love of Jesus, that love that would sustain them in these times, that would give them hope and a reason to live and lift them above those circumstances. So my heart was truly broken, and Jesus poured it out to them with an amazing anointing of the Holy Spirit, and many of them ended up seeking and finding Jesus as their Savior. They adopted me as their heart mama, and I adopted them as my heart sons. Can you believe I still hear from some of those today? And from 1981 to 22, that's a long time. I, I, my numbers aren't real good, but you can add that up. Uh, but... A few weeks ago, I received a call from one of these boys that I hadn't heard from since then that was in the service that day. His name is Billy. He's a little different color than you and me. Uh, but I went once a month to share my, my music and message from the Lord. And every time I'd go there, Billy would be standing at the gate. And he said, Miss Betty, I want to carry your things in. So he would carry in my sound gear, my guitar, and all that. And uh, so it was a very, very special part of that service. Anyway, he filled in the lapse of time between Boise Prison until now. After his release, he moved to Oregon and worked security <laughs> until last year when he retired. And I said, Billy, how did you get into security? He said, I had a lot of practice. <laughs> And, and he's been clean and sober for 26 years. Yes. He was the bodyguard for the Secretary of State for Oregon. Yes. And I said, Billy, how did you find me? He said, I had to. He said, I just searched till I did. Because I had to thank you for all the inspirants that you gave me when I was in prison. And the difference that you made in my life. My mother's heart smiled, and I wept. Now, this is a heart child, Cheryl. Try to move right along here. We had just moved to a tiny town in South Dakota named Martin with a population of 1,000. We were pastors of a very small church on the edge of the Ogallala Sioux Reservation. We started with less than 20 members, which more than half of them were very senior ladies like me that adored their former pastor's wife of many years 
and felt slighted to have her replaced by a skinny, red-headed, wild child of 23 years of age to be their pastor's wife. And besides that, she played the guitar and sang hillbilly style and played baseball with the kids. <laughs> but she had a mother's heart. I was walking to the grocery store on a bright, sunny day when a girl slowly rode by me on a bike. I spoke to her. She spoke and then turned around and came back. Her name was Cheryl. As we visited, I learned she was the oldest of four children. Her mother was a school teacher. Her father was very ill and not expected to live long. Okay, I asked her if she attended Sunday school. She said no. And I invited her to the little church on the hill. I said, honey, I'll be looking for you Sunday. Well, guess what? Sunday she was there with her siblings, all a sister and two brothers. They became regulars and brought their friends from the neighborhood and our attendance soared. Their home circumstances left much to be desired. Mama was totally taken by her teaching career and only communicated with her own children with screaming profanities and threats. Dad was an angry man and soon died. Time passed, the children grew and made deep commitments to the Lord and remained in the congregation. One day, mother left town with an undesirable man, left her job and her four children. I took Cheryl and her sister, and uncle took the two boys to, back to the ranch. Cheryl became my heart child. I became her heart mother. I just want to share one instance. One morning I had to leave early to go to Rapid City 150 miles away for shopping and so I woke her up early and I kissed her on the little cheek hugged her and kissed her on the cheek and told her goodbye and she sat upright and looked in my eyes and started to cry and I said oh baby why are you crying she said that's the first time anybody ever kissed me goodbye but it wasn't the last. She became a nurse, an amazing mother, a godly woman exemplifying the love of Jesus, raising motherless children that came to her for warmth, nurturing, and compassion. She won her whole family to Jesus, including her wayward mama. I often wonder what would have life been like for that little girl if she hadn't turned around and came back to visit on her bicycle. How thankful I am for the mother's heart that beats inside of me to God be all the glory. And this is a girl that will be a part of this church I want to share with. Her name is Kelly. And the call came to me on November 7th, 2021, when I was going to do my concert right here. And the little voice said, Betty, I'm not feeling well. I won't be able to come to the concert tonight. And I just told her, I, I'll miss her, and I hope that you get better soon. But I didn't realize the gravity and the seriousness of her call. Kelly had an adverse reaction. Now listen to this. An adverse reaction to the second COVID vaccine, which paralyzed her tongue, her cheeks, all swallowing muscles, leaving her unable to speak or swallow. And she has a bag, a feeding bag. The paralysis continued throughout her body, gradually shutting down her vital organs. Pastor Lynn, Christy, and I went to pray with her, earnestly seeking God for her healing. God came in a powerful way, and immediately she improved, but then disaster struck. Her decline was immediate. 
the medical experts claimed it had nothing to do with the vaccine and immediately diagnosed Lou Gehrig's disease with little hope, no hope of recovery. They recommended that she get hospice and that she make her funeral arrangements. I continue, well, I visited her once a week, took her flowers and took my guitar and sang and, hold, and would hold her. Continued to seek God for her total restoration. Also contacted the best medical people I knew for some way to stop the aggressive decline and intervene for this child. Each time I visited, I saw the hopelessness in her eyes, the pleading hands lifting as we sought God's healing. Kelly communicates by text. She often starts with, I love you by heart, Mama, which warms my heart, and I respond with, I love you by heart, child. But now, the miracle. God put me in touch with a group of doctors from Boise State University that specializes in treating patients with adverse reactions to colon COVID vaccine and long-haul COVID, people that have ongoing symptoms that our established medical people say don't exist. But we were able to get Kelly. This is a praise. Raise your hand. We were able to get Kelly into the treatment center. And the first time since November, she received remarkable improvement. Amen. Now, here's the quote. This is just from Kelly last Friday. I asked how her treatment went, and she said, my treatment was really good. I have more energy. I can breathe better. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo! Amen. Now, y'all know that I have no power except the Holy Spirit living within me that reaches out through the mother's heart he gave me that refuses to take no for an answer when one of my babies is in trouble. Please pray that Kelly will be totally restored. This medical team assures us, now this is their promise, assures us this is not Lou Gehrig's disease and all of her symptoms are treatable and they expect great results. Woo! Amen. So, why am I sharing these things with you this Mother's Day? It's because this church is love. This is a, the love of God is so strong in our midst. And there's plenty of love here to reach out to mother the motherless, to father the fatherless, the ones that have not received the love that we have received, but now they can receive it as it comes through our hearts and reaches out to them. And he wants us to fix what's been broken. He wants to do it through us, not us. He wants to do it through us. Thank you. I love you. And God bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Can I have our amazing mamas who spoke come up here really quickly, please? And then, yes. Come on, let's give them another round of applause. So let's, let's go ahead. Let's have everyone stand. And some of... This is what we're going to do. We're going to have all of our women. Let's go 
15 and older, all of our ladies who are 15 and older, can you come up to the front, please? All the ladies who are 15 and older. There we go. Yeah, we can spread out, spread around. There we go, ladies. Oh, look at all these amazing women. I just have been so impacted and just so thankful to hear all these different testimonies and just the, the power of these testimonies. It's so beautiful to hear. I mean, we can talk about mother to the motherless. We can talk about people who have stepped up being like, I'm 15. I don't know what to do, but I, I'm going to do it. Jesus, help me. The beautiful story of redemption and, and bravery to speak of all that Jesus does, who he is. And then fierce mamas who step in are like, I, I feel this mother's heart and I see someone who needs a mama and I'm going to step up to the plate. And I didn't have all the years of preparation, but that's the beauty of women. That's how God created us. He, he created us with this beautiful mother's heart. And each and every one of you women are needed more than anything else. I want you to know that you are needed. The giftings that you have are needed. The love that you have is needed. You are valuable. You are so special. You are so needed. And we honor you. So the, the lovely, not lovely men, the very handsome men, Handing out flowers, which is great. And we'll have chocolates for you ladies too. But I want these amazing women to, to pray over you and to speak a blessing over each of you. So we'll start out, Tabitha, if you start us out. And I just want them to speak blessings over you. Lord, I would ask that... Um, you would ignite that fire in all of these women's hearts, whether they're moms or not, that they would step up and see that we are called to fight for our children, that we are not the passive women that can be portrayed, Lord, but that we are fierce that we are filled with your spirit, that we are full of your love and your kindness, and that we will defend our children and their innocence, that we are mighty, that we are strong. And God, that we would support one another Thank you so much, Lord, for being what each of us needs in the moment with our own children or with the children that we've adopted or the children that we've sought after to be a mother to. Thank you, Jesus. Give us courage. Father, you are close to the brokenhearted. So I, I speak specifically to the women that are broken. 
and I speak favor on them. That where they feel they deserve nothing, that you would shower them with favor. You already do that. I don't have to ask. So receive your favor, women. Trade it. Trade his favor for your brokenness. I hear the word hope too. I speak hope over every woman, every woman here, that it would rest on them. It would be effortless to have hope. They can't help but have hope. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for every woman here today, Father. I just thank you, Father, that you love them so much and they're so special to you, Jesus. I just lift up every heavy, every heavy heart to you right now, Lord, and I just, Lord, ask that you would just, Lord, release the burdens, the weariness, the heaviness, Lord God, the unworthiness, Father, and that you would replace it with your love today. Right now, Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over every heart, every mind, every soul, every spirit that longs to show the love to others. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful. And I pray that every woman would be open to your love, that they would accept your love, Father God, that they would accept you, Father that they would know how special they are, Lord, so that your love could flow through them to their children, to the people around them, Father God. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing today. I thank you that you are going to break bondages, that you are going to remove chains and shackles from their hands and their feet right now in Jesus' name, that they are going to feel so free to love after they leave this place. I just thank you, Father God, that every woman is going to be refreshed and renewed when they leave, Lord God, that they are just going to be, Father God, just, Lord, excited and filled with patience and love and peace, God, for the rest of their life, Father God, that they are going to just learn to grow in you, Father God, that we are going to learn to grow in you, Lord God, as women, Lord, because we need you and we love you and we can't be the mothers that we need to be without you, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love and thank you for your protection and your anointing upon your women this morning, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We love you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Precious Lord, as we continue in your presence, we thank you that you've honored us today to come amongst us and uplift us and bless us and encourage us in our walk with you. We thank you for everyone that came today. We thank you for every lesson that you have taught us today. And we ask for your special help as we go out to be your conduit, your hands and your feet, Lord. We just pray a special blessing on everyone. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Aunt, Aunt Betty, could can I just have you speak a mother's blessing? Something I, I feel as well is... Like my Aunt Betty said, not everyone has a mama who's loved on them and had that love. So can I just have you speak a mother's blessing 
over all. Yeah, just a mother's blessing over all of the women, too. Amen. From this mother's heart, through the love of Jesus Christ, I pray he will touch you. He will bring you joy. He will bring you wisdom in dealing with your children, with your grandchildren, with your neighbor, with the funny little skinny redheaded somebody that might get under your skin. <laughs> but I bless you in the name of Jesus with all the blessings from heaven that he can give you today. Amen. 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 Ladies, we love you so much. There's some, the, our handsome men have been handing out flowers and they've got chocolates for you too. They were trying to figure out the best way to navigate that. They're being amazing. And so, ladies, we love and adore you. You are needed. You are yes. so special. You are all so gifted. And so we just bless you. I, I, like I said, as all of our women were sharing, I was just, I was felt like I was in the, the presence of greatness. And it was just such a humbling moment. And so I just want you to look at one of the ladies next to you and say, you're amazing. Amen. You're needed. Amen. You're loved. Amen. You're powerful. <laughs> it's the truth. So, so ladies... We love and adore you. We honor you. We need each other. Men, aren't these women amazing? Come on. Come on. And so we just want to bless you. My Aunt Betty already did. I don't need to do that again. But have the most amazing Mother's Day. Um, these lovely ladies, they'll be up here to pray for you too. And our ministry team will be up here as well. Um, so we'll have them around, but we love you all. Have the most amazing Mother's Day. Be blessed. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.